Welcome to AMR Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity McDowell. Happy New Year, Sarah. Happy New Year to you as well. How do you say Happy New Year's in Japanese? Oh, yeah. Do you know? No, I, I, could, I could say I'd like more water, please. I could say thank you very much. <laughs> uh-huh. So. <laughs> is that domo arigato? Uh, arigato gozaimasu. Uh, oh. Yes. What's Domo Arigato? Um, all That's I, a song. I know that. All I know is, <laughs> oh, it's so terrible. When I was over there, every time I'm, I'm always like, wait, it goes with like Mr. Roboto. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so I always had to say Arigato, Mr. Roboto in my head before I would say it. I'm like, Sarah, just learn to say it normally. Like you don't have to go through the whole thing. So, and then my kids very quickly were doing the, adding the gozaimasu. And I'm like, okay, say that really slowly and phonetically for me. And I typed it in my phone and then practiced it a bunch of times. And then finally, like with like four days to go at the end, Jack was like, what is it you're saying at the end? And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, earlier adopter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Dimity, oh my gosh. So we flew, when we flew to Japan, again, my family and I vacationed in Japan over the... Um, uh, end of year holidays. And so we flew from Portland, Oregon to San Francisco, and then we're on a nonstop San Francisco to Tokyo. And so there I am in a middle seat on my flight to Portland, or sorry, from Portland to San Francisco, kind of reviewing what I've packed. I have my eyes closed. I suddenly, my eyes bling open because I realize that I forgot to pack a running bra. I was going to say a sports bra. I had to, I, either bra. that or your running mm-hmm. shoes. Those are the two yeah, no, like key things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, no. Because, oh, and I debated for months, for months, whether I would bring running attire on this trip because I really wanted to pack very tightly and not have a bunch of things, you know, a bunch of extras. Cause like, I mean, you know, when you've got bigger feet, shoes take up a lot of room in a bag. So, <laughs> yes, so, they do. So I, I uh, at our retreat on Hilton Head Island, one of our brand ambassadors, Laurel, wore a pair of the Topo Athletic shoes that I run in, the Phantom 3, and she had them in black. And they were all black with just a white midsole. And I'm like, huh. Those look really good on Laurel. Those look like shoes I could wear in a city when I'm just walking around sightseeing. So, um, you know, bearing in mind that imitation is the most sincere form of flattery, Laurel, I got a pair (laughs) of black Phantom 3s that I put my Curex insoles in and then was set. So I had only brought two pairs of shoes for the entire two-week trip. So I was like, okay, I can wear these sightseeing and running. And then, you know, really was tight about what items of clothing I packed too tight because I completely forgot a sports bra. I just, sports bra. I just was like, no, 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 no. And I was just, my mind was spinning out. I'm like, Sarah, it's done. You can't go back and get another one. And <laughs> turn the plane around. <laughs> so then there was a time. You would never make, yeah. if you like would have like got up like in revolt, you would have never made it to Japan. They would have like banned you right. on flights forever. <laughs> And so, and so, Tim, I thought about, you know, those, the, that series that we did so long ago on our website, you know, what would another mother runner do? And, oh, yeah. and we definitely had someone who did not pack a sports bra for a race. I remember that. And so that pretty sure she ran the race in her lifestyle bra. So, sure. so I'm not all that well endowed. So I'm like, okay, I can do it. I can, you know, run in my, you know, just regular underwire bra. 
Well, so wait, how many bras did you bring? You just bring two. one bra? No, bro, two. Okay, yes, okay that's yeah. good. Yes, that's exactly. Good information. Yeah. Yes, and one of them is definitely on its way out. It it needs to be replaced in, in you know, my lifestyle canon, in my drawer, lifestyle drawer. And I was like, oh, okay, I can wear that. And then it creeped into my mind. I'm like, wait, no, Daphne has a handful sports bra and maybe she packed that. And so she does wear a, she wears a medium. I wear a large. I'm like, eh, you know, she's worn it a bunch of times. And so, yeah, it's probably a little stretched out. And I love my younger daughter very much with my entire heart, but she is not super generous. And <laughs> sometimes I have to really twist her arm to get her to agree to do something. And I'm like, okay, do I think I can talk her into this? Oh my gosh. She said yes to loaning me her handful bra with no fuss, no muss. I just, oh my goodness. Wow. So how many bras did she bring? So, you know, that's a good question. I didn't ask her that, but, um, she did, she did it. She worked out one time at, there was a, a very, very small gym at the hotel we stayed at in Tokyo. And when we got to Tokyo, she and her brother immediately hightailed it to the gym. So I don't know what she, I didn't ask her what she wore because she she long-term loaned me that handful bra for the entire time. Long-term loaned it. Yeah. Well, I was, see, I was thinking, what, so two things. I mean, yes, you could have worn your lifestyle bra. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, did you have a long layover in San Francisco? Because I oh. bet you that's got, that's a shopping airport. Oh, you know? yeah. Oh, My no, we, we barely made it to our flight, our, our flight oh. to Tokyo. Yeah. So there was, oh, geez. yeah, I mean, okay. I didn't even get a chance to get any food in San Francisco. So, wow. Don't you have to like leave like two? I mean, I remember, I mean, I've, it's been a long time since I've flown internationally, but I feel like it has to, you have to leave like two hours. Oh yeah. That didn't, that wasn't the case. Oh no. We hightailed it from one terminal to another and just immediately got in line and were, were being boarded so much so that I didn't kind of be like, okay, this is my last time, not in a metal tube for the next 11 hours or so. And so I get on the plane and I'm like, (gasps) I didn't savor enough my freedom when I was outside in the terminal. <laughs> um, that is totally something you would do. Like, I'm going to take a moment here and savor my freedom. Yes, like, you, you know, know me. like, you know, me. Totally. like on my to-do list. Yeah. <laughs> Completely. So on the way back, I have to say before we got on the flight from Tokyo to ultimately we had to go through Houston on our way home. Folks, Houston, if I can tell you, is very much east and south of Portland. But anyway, um, that's another yeah. story that I won't go into it. So, but before we got on, I, I walked back and forth a couple of times. I'm like, oh, it's so nice. There's so much air and space around me. <laughs> 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 um, so anyway, yeah. So she loaned me that. And I got to tell you, Dim, I guess I went running on our, I think our third day in Kyoto. We went to Kyoto first off and I actually teared up. I was so happy to have a true sports bra and to think that Daphne had loaned it to me and the freedom it gave oh. me. Uh, I, I honestly, I was moved to tears by it. Uh, wow. Well, are you sure that wasn't a little jet lag maybe? <laughs> Same. <laughs> or maybe just, and just overall just being overcome by being oh, in Japan. No, I'm giving, I giving wa- you a hard time. I mean, that's very cool. I'm glad that you guys had that connection. Yes. Yes. So, and now I have just before we recorded this, as you know, Timothy, I had lost track of time. And, and one of the things I was doing during that, when I, that fugue state was I was texting Daphne. I'm like, Hey Daphne, here's the link to the handful warehouse sale. Tell me what you want today. So, because I told her, ultimately, I told her, I said, hey, you know, I think it's time for you to get a new sports bra. So, 
Oh, very yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. well, look at it. It's win-win all around. You right. get Miles and in Japan and she gets a new sports bra. <laughs> right, yeah. Maybe maybe that'll be a good lesson for her to reflect when, when someone asks her to borrow something in the future. Well, good job. I'm glad it all worked out. Yes, same here. Same here. All right. Well, let's hear from Amy, who wants to learn the AMR origin story. Hi, Sarah and Dimity. It is Amy from Batavia, Illinois. I was calling because I've heard the story of how AMR kind of came about from um, the Nike Women's Marathon to the book, but I was curious about how did AMR transition from a book website to a full-fledged business, and when did you feel like you could call AMR your full-time job? I'd love to hear a little bit more about um, your story, and Thanks for all that you do. I love all the podcasts and all the community. Thanks. Bye. So, Amy, I'm so grateful to you for asking this question. I think the start of a new year is a great time to retell the Another Mother Runner origin story. Don't you agree, Dim? (laughs) For sure. (laughs) It's never a bad time to tell an origin story, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. Thank you for the question, Amy. And, I mean, we'll kind of put it into time lapse here. The thing that to know is that, like, it's never that we ever set out to make a business. And that's what's, I think, awesome about it all, because everything that we've done has kind of come organically from, you know, what we felt like we needed as mother runners with like young children or, you know, and now with older children Mm -hmm. and understanding the needs of our community. So I just wanted to preface it with that. So it's not like we like laid out a business plan and said, okay, this is where we're going to go from one book to what we have now. World domination. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why you're in japan let's be honest you're there to set up our amr tokyo branch right okay okay so um so the cat's really, out of the bag oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> um so so basically yes so you know yes we ran the as you said in your voicemail amy like we started we ran the nike women's marathon that turned into a feature for runners world magazine mm-hmm. that turned into run like a mother the book mm-hmm. And so when we wrote Run Like a Mother, the book, I mean, it was truly the beginning of Facebook. Mm -hmm. It was truly the beginning of Twitter. You know, are those things becoming popular? They've probably been around for a couple of years. And we created both of those things for ourselves. um, And we created a Facebook page. And at that time, which is, it's still going on. I mean, a lot of people and no, no uh, judgment here, but people will put up like, oh, I ran five miles and they'd put up their splits and they'd kind of, you know, say something about the run, which is great. I mean, of course you like, it's fun to see people celebrate their own miles, but there's not a lot of interaction there besides Mm -hmm. like giving somebody a pat on the back. Right. Mm -hmm. So we definitely wanted to turn it around and say, you know, Facebook, we really had to work at our Facebook page. It's it's, uh, it's funny now because now it feels like Facebook is like, you know, gone the way of, I don't know, <laughs> like VCRs or something like that. But anyway, uh, so, you know, we had, so we, we, we were posting like three times a day and really trying to engage people. Right. Mm-hmm. So like making sure, like if, if someone had a question or put up a comment, we'd be like, Oh, let's give it up for Sarah who just ran five miles and post her run mm-hmm. instead of posting our own runs. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, Sarah, Sarah forgot her sports bra when she went to Tokyo. <laughs> well, you know, what would you do? You know? Uh-huh. And that was really fun. And, and I mean, Facebook had a very different algorithm then where you could go in mm-hmm. and you could see everybody's comments and you could like, you know, it was just very, it felt very um, community-minded and very much like you were having a conversation. Yeah, and I have to say, Dim- Dimity, I so distinctly remember you saying to me, 
Sarah, this is going to be about the other people. This isn't about us. <laughs> and, and just, to, and, I mean, it's very Midwestern of you yeah. in a very lovely, to borrow your word, lovely way. And, but very much holding the mirror up to others rather than looking in at ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or just reflecting ourselves in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So getting some validation, everybody feels validated and that's, that's, kind of the definition or part of a definition of community. Mm -hmm. The other thing you probably remember me saying is like, so we launched the book at Azuma Race, which was uh, back in Austin in 2010. Our book came out in April of 2010. It was the last weekend in March. And I'm like, who buys a book at a running expo, especially a small running expo? I mean, it's a small, it was, it is a small women's race. Mm -hmm. And I was like, nobody is going to come up. You don't go to a an expo thinking you're going to buy a book. You're going to think you're going to buy maybe some gels if you forgot them, maybe a cute t-shirt, you know, a jacket, but like a book. <laughs> and so um, I was like, we need something else to se- sell, especially because you, if you've been listening for a long time, you know, I'm almost 6'4". Sarah, you're 5'11". Like we are not like cute little cuddly people. <laughs> like, Walk up know, and like, talk to us. In. We're not intimidating. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, we need something else to sell. And so t-shirts came to mind. So we made up some t-shirts with the phrase run like a mother on it, which was the name of our book. Mm-hmm. Turns out that's trademarked. We couldn't use it. Um, <laughs> but we only sold a couple of those t-shirts in Austin. So we're all good. The feds aren't after us. And uh, yeah, we did a little package deal. And then we were kind of you know, off and running. Haha. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was. Um, I forgot that we did that package deal, Timothy. And uh, so many details to be that have been forgotten over the years. But yeah, so I mean, that was the start of Mother Runner Store, which, you know, still goes strong on our site. And, you know, over the years, we've come to think of another Mother Runner as a tree with many branches. Um, that we didn't really consciously plant the tree, but boy, it grew really nicely. And the, but that they all grew organically. Like I'm thinking about the launch of our podcast in 2011, a podcast um, creator here, or you know, um, I don't know, a content creator here in town who I had known. The, the it was a husband and wife, and the wife had been one of my shoe testers when I was the athletic footwear editor for Shape Magazine. So she kind of knew we had a good thing going on. She's like, "You guys ought to do a podcast," and we're like, "Yeah, okay, that sounds like fun." And so started doing that in the summer of 2011. And then we also started having marketing partners that same year. And thank you to Loyal Goo for being with us the entire time since then. We continued doing content because, Dim, as you well know, that's how we got here originally because of of blogging on runnersworld.com. And then we had had the name of our website went through a few iterations and then eventually we got to another motherrunner.com. And also going back to Facebook, those TMI Tuesday Facebook posts that that really kind of launched us because people would see, Oh, who, you know, Karen admitted that she pees in her capris on some, you know, on this post, why is she saying that? And what is this thing? You know? And so it just kind of snowballed from there and that's how we grew a lot of followers yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, and then again, like I, it sounds like I'm like, oh, I walked up five miles, you know, uphill to school both ways. But like back in 2011, which was, you know, 12, 13 years ago, like people were not talking about poop on Facebook. Like <laughs> they really weren't, you know, I'm like, we're talking about poop. We're talking about periods. We're talking about, you know, wetting your capris. We're talking about hemorrhoids. And, you know, now it feels like you look at a video and everyone's kind of doing something funny on mm-hmm. Instagram about like running to the bathroom during their run, which, 
cool. I mean, I love that there's an evolution, but again, like it was something different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Very much so. Yeah. And to answer your question too, Amy, about like when we felt like AMR was like our business and like, that's the thing that we focus on. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was also really good timing and I guess uh, lucky timing because, Mm -hmm. you know, you and I were both very much magazine writers. That is how we made our living. And as magazines faded into the background and, Mm -hmm. you know, the rates for magazine writing went way, way down, you know, AMR, which we renamed in 2012 when Train Like a Mother came out was the wave that was cresting while the other wave was was receding. Now mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that we're all of a sudden like, oh, this is our full-time job and mm-hmm. we can, you know, make our living, you know, you know, support our families on it. There was a lot of days where I was like, I love, you know, having partners, but we cannot put dinner on the table with free capris, you know, like that was definitely (laughs) something we said a lot. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, and little kids, right? Like trying to definitely, they had a lot of needs. Yeah. But yeah, so over time, you know, I think we both kind of supplemented our income Mm -hmm. over time until it got to a point where we felt like, okay, we added, you know, the training club. That was huge. We brought that in um, 2015, I believe we did our first retreat in 2015, mm-hmm. you know, we did our merchandise grew, you know, we've, we've just kind of dabbled again, dabbled in things that we thought would resonate with us personally. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That was definitely another one of your, your credos early on was like, we are not going to promote or talk up, um, or sell anything to folks that we ourselves don't want or that wouldn't make our lives better. So that things have to make our lives better. It has to be something we want that we will will use on a daily basis in our training, in our diets, in our self-care, whatever it is. Sure. So so definitely, um, you know, several guiding principles along there. And as you've alluded to that, we came out with two more books, Train Like a Mother came out in 2012. And then Tales from Another Mother Runner came out in 2015. And then we expanded our podcast empire. Uh, the, the first episode of I'll be the- going to uh, London next week to our London office to set up that. Um, so the first episode of this podcast, AMR Answers, came out in July of 2018. And then, Dim, you rounded out some of our offerings with Many Happy Miles launching in January of 2019. And then, unfortunately, the pandemic lockdown prompted some of our most popular programs that like the love the run which came out in spring the first of those came out in the spring of 2020 so again just you know branches would spring up and grow and you know we were just we'd prune a couple and then we'd grow some others you know and um yeah for sure for sure so it's been it's been very fulfilling i mean it goes without saying thank you for listening thank you for being part of the community in whatever way that you are whether you join us on a training program or you're on our facebook page which is not dying by any stretch i didn't mean to sound like that but i just always feel like mm-hmm you know, it's not TikTok. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's definitely a different, be- it's a different animal than what we originally were dealing with. And uh, it, it yeah. feels, it does not feel as community minded nearly as much as it was. There's, it's not as much a back and forth com- uh, conversation like we were able to have in the early days of another mother runner, which we miss. Yeah. yeah. Well, for sure. I will say though, and a little plug, uh, it does feel that way on the private Facebook pages. Mm-hmm. So like on our many happy miles page, Enjoy to the run that we just finished doing, you know, like those feel because you have to be invited. I feel like it's a little bit more organic. Mm-hmm. You see it a little bit more and you're able to chat a mm-hmm. little bit more. With yeah. People. Yeah. Like our, so. yeah, our retreat pages uh, are the same way. Yes. Yes. So a taste, a taste of old timey Facebook. Uh, <laughs> so, but Amy, again, thank you for the question. That was really fun for us to get to 
try to reach our minds back to the start and how we how we got to this lovely place that we are here today. So we're taking a quick break to hear from the brands that allow us to bring you this free content. Please support them as they support us. We'll be back in a flash. This is Meg, who's returning to running. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Dimity. This is Meg from Milwaukee. I am calling with a question about returning to running. I was doing great running half marathons and did a half Ironman. And then when I turned 50 and my dad died, I sort of fell off running and kind of just fell apart a little bit. So now I'm 55, turning back to running And I have a question about that. I did go to PT for a knee pain, and she actually had me working, yes, Dimity, with a metronome. (laughs) So I was increasing my cadence to lighten my steps and run a little bit quicker and lighter. And I did that, and I'm doing great with that. But my question is, do I do that at a speed that is, quick and light and fast, and then rest, or do I just keep running at the risk of slowing my cadence down, but then I can keep running longer, like almost like heart rate training, like, oh, I can keep going longer to improve my endurance. So I'd love to just go out and run three to five miles. I just can't figure out, do I just keep those toes moving and protect my knee, or do I just go at a pace that I can do and think that's going to be the best. I don't know what to do. So thank you very much. I love your podcast. I love you. It's been so fun listening to you to talk about your lives. And I thank you for everything. Bye. Meg, thank you for your love. And we're sorry for your loss and that it derailed you for a few years. But kudos to you for coming back in a smart, deliberate fashion. Yeah. And definitely a long-time listener if she's pulling up the metronome. <laughs> I know, I know. I was like, oh, yes, I love the metronome call for folks who might remember that you ran with a metronome for a few years. That was last decade, I believe. Um, oh, it definitely was. It was like when my chi running phase. So mm-hmm. that again, like that was a feature for Runner's World magazine. That's mm. not really why it came about, but it was it was a nice, uh, you know, a nice way to to improve my running and also continue my profession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get yeah. paid for it. Well, I just I just think Meg's question, you know, it fits so well with so many of the train like a mother club programs, the return to running, the intro to heart rate training. So I say, Coach Dimity, you you take it away with the advice. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yes, I think it's really important to think about that that quick light feed. I love that that's what your PT recommended. The only thing is like as you kind of alluded to, Meg, you can't do that for a full run. And so you've got to build up into that the same way you would build up into anything. It's like if you were learning how to do a deadlift, you wouldn't start with 125 pounds and just be like, okay, I can do this, right? You'd start with a bar and then add a little bit more and add a little bit more. So what I would recommend doing is taking your metronome with you on runs and building in, like I would do a 10 minute warm up, And then I, how, I guess I would say, how long can I sustain this before I feel like I'm either A, working too hard or B, it's just, I can't, I'm fulfilling, like losing my form, Mm. right? Those are the two things that would kind of stop you from being able to do the metronome, right? If you feel like, my God, my heart rate is just racing and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hit a wall or I really feel like my feet are not quick and light. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm unable to keep up with the beats, Mm. basically, of the metronome. Mm. 
So maybe that's a minute, maybe that's 30 seconds, maybe that's five minutes. I don't know where you are with that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I would have an interval that feels very doable where you're like, okay, I finished that and I feel good with it. And then I would take it down for a minute, like turn it off, run for, you know, again, like you decide what these breaks are. Do you need two minutes or do you need 15 minutes? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it depends. My guess is, is that personally, I would keep the interval short and the rest break long and then kind of slowly invert those so that your intervals become longer and your rest break becomes shorter mm-hmm. over time, right? And over time can look like weeks. It could look like mm-hmm. months. Does everyone who would be doing this system, would they have the same setting on the metronome or, you know, like because your legs are so much longer than someone who's say five, two, would they, would there be a different yeah, that's a good that's a good question. And that's actually a really good point, Sarah, is that I would if it, I'm again <laughs> reaching back a decade. So if I'm wrong here, Meg, adjust my answer as you see fit. But you know, you you set it for, you know, the ideal mm. ideal putting that in quotes because the ideal is hard for a lot of us to reach and it's not necessarily even like important for a lot of us to reach, but is 90 steps or 180 180 beats per minute, right? 90 steps per foot, mm. right? Mm-hmm. That is like to my mind right now, to my 51 year old mind, that feels like the Olympics. It seriously does. It it is. It's, it's tough to hit that number for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and taller people might have a problem with that as well. Like your longer legs don't necessarily turn over that quickly. So um, you could also play with the beats of the metronome. So I don't know again, where you are, say you're at um, 75 right now or 70, you know, and so then maybe on the next run, you try 71 Mm. again and working, working your intervals. So make it a combination of bringing up your beats, bringing up um, your intervals and reducing your rest time. So it might just take some time, you know, I would, I might even just sit down and map out two weeks of workouts, Mm -hmm. you know, and so say, I'm going to, this is what I'll try for this day. This is what I'll try for this day. This is what I'll try. And then kind of take some notes and see where you Mm -hmm. are. Because I don't know if her PT said, I want you at 85. And so she's just at 85 trying to get Mm -hmm. there. Or the PT said, okay, I want you at 80 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Let's start at right now you're at 72. So let's spend some time going to 73 and then 74 and then 75. Mm -hmm. So you know what I'm saying? Like, so definitely it's, it's, it's the, it's those three variables. Sure. And, and also another um, total newbie novice question. This is not like a metronome, like your child would use in a piano lesson. Am I right? (laughs) <laughs> no, no. But you know, it's funny now. I think my, I think the Koros that we have, Sarah, has a metronome on oh. it. I'm pretty sure it does. Wow. Okay. That's the Apex yeah. too. So, okay. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely, you know, technology has come yes, a long it has way. in the past decade. Um, that's a miracle. <laughs> that's the theme of this episode so carry- is that the technology changes <laughs> with time. <laughs> Things evolve. Yeah. So I would say it used to be that I, I carried one, mm-hmm. right? I carried one in my hand or you clip it on your belt or whatever. And it goes deep, 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 deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you can definitely care. You can, they, they have small ones mm-hmm. and they also have apps that are metronomes now where okay. you can use it, just to use your phone and just maybe hear it through your, your Airpods. headphones. Mm-hmm. So not everyone has to hear it like they did when I was like <laughs> yes. running and sounding like a, a garbage truck backing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Here comes Timothy. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, that's very enlightening. And I'm sure that that helped Meg as well as other people. So thank you, Timothy. So, and here we have a hearty running duo wondering about the weather. 
Hi, Sarah. This is Stephanie Corson Olenek and Elisa Sundahl. We're calling from Colorado Springs, Colorado. And our question is, since we're running in big snow today, do you prefer running in hot or cold weather? We sure do hope you have a wonderful holiday season, and thank you so much for putting this together again. We love it every year. Bye. All right. Well, thanks for your question, gals. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure this is the first time we've gotten a voicemail from two gals at the same time. So thank you. Very fun. And and hi, down in Colorado Springs, ladies. Nice to hear from you. Uh, just a couple, just an hour up the road. <laughs> and um, they're calling, I believe, they're in the Joy to the Run program, which just ended. That was our free holiday program. And what we do every Saturday in that program is have a little contest. And one of them is Bam or Bingo, where you go out and there are different squares to fill in. Like, oh, I saw a, you know, a inflatable elf from like, like a Will Ferrell elf, uh-huh. or you call in with a question. Nice. Um, so some of them are things that you have to see and some are things that you can actually do to get the square. Gotcha. Cause I was like, wait, I'm not understanding this. That's yeah. Busted. I'm not all that involved in joining. <laughs> You're run. not enjoying the run, Sarah. Yes. Oops. Oops. Well, and it's funny because one of the squares this year was um, come back and comment on the Facebook page with your favorite sports bra. Oh, um, or what, you know, your, so the one that together. your younger daughter loans you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. So, uh, yes. All right. So which is it cold or hot weather? I am, gosh, I am going to land on cold weather because I, because one living in Portland, Oregon, I forget what true cold weather feels like. So I don't, I, my memory's a little short on this one. Um, I just find because heat goes so hand in hand often with with humidity, that one-two punch just is too much for me and really just saps me. So, you know, I, I definitely have a cold limit, but I, I'm, you know, I, I run kind of hot. So I can, I wear capris if it's tw- the few times it's 20 here in Portland. So, and yeah. it's gotten down to 10. And I mean, maybe at 10, that's when I'll wear a jacket and tights. But otherwise, I'm I'm a capri and vest and you know, mittens and long sleeve wool shirt kind of gal. How about you? There Dan? you go. Your whole outfit and sports bra. Yeah. And sports, bra. <laughs> and sports bra. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I'm definitely cold too. I mean, I'm Minnesota through and through. I'm not Minnesota as Minnesota as I used to be, although I heard it was like in the fifties on mm-hmm. Christmas day this year. So mm-hmm. that, that kind of Minnesota I can handle. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely cold. I'd much rather have control over my own temperature regulation by taking off and adding layers instead of having to, you know, just sweat, 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 and mm, that's good, <laughs> only have like, you know, a hat. Yeah, that is, a, that is a good point that in colder weather, you are more in control of your own thermoregulation. That, that there's, yeah. there's, you know, yes, you can maybe wear something that reflects light, you know, so in this, so that when it's super sunny, maybe your, your top isn't so, oh, come on, let's be but, honest. That, but, that is, that's so yeah, different than taking off. Exactly. It's serious. It seriously is though. I mean, that, that it's is like the whole millimeters point. compared to feet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to mix analogy. the metric and the English systems, right? <laughs> the only time I would say I enjoy the warm weather more is when I'm cycling outside mm-hmm. because Cycling outside when it's cold is really no fun Mm -hmm. um, because the only thing that really warms up is your legs Mm -hmm. and your upper body. I mean, of course, the effort definitely keeps you warm or gives some warmth to your upper body, but man, your hands get so cold. Hands and feet. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. What, yeah. Uh, what, you really have to have like, um, you know, I, I, I have those, uh, Pearl Azumi lobster gloves, oh, which yeah. I love. Mm-hmm. And those, so those are like, you put two fingers together and then your pinky and your ring finger are together. Mm-hmm. So you get a little bit of mitten and glove together. Mm-hmm. And then some, you know, like neoprene foot covers work yeah. on the shoes, but yeah, it's definitely, it's cold. So it is. Oh my I gosh. prefer warmer there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When I lived in Wellesley outside of Boston, Massachusetts back in my twenties and I, I did enjoy mountain biking in the snow and, but my gosh, I just remember the bottom of my feet just turning absolutely white because I, d- yeah. I didn't invest in any of those extra things. And it was just, oh, it was brutal. So I hear you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just like questions like that. You know, the whole, uh, you know, if, you know, which of these two extremes do you like better? I like questions like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So thank you very much for all the questions. And we are very much in need of new questions for the new year. So please call 470-BADASS-1. That translates to 470-223-2771. Please leave your first name and where you're calling from and leave your keep your message to about a minute or less. And that number is always in our show notes. One of the newer branches on our tree in 2024 is Hike Like a Mother, a group program where we are going to train together for a 20-mile hike in Delaware Valley in Northwest Maryland and then gather there together on June 15th as part of the Mammoth March hiking event and cover our 20 miles. You can find more details in the show notes below, or you can join us tomorrow, Wednesday, January 10th, for a live information session at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. I'm going to be talking through the program and the training and answering any questions you have. If you can't make it to the live session, but you're interested, you can still sign up for the session in our show notes, and we'll send you the recording afterwards. So again, links for both the Hike Like a Mother program and the information session will be in our notes. Our podcast today was produced in St. Paul, Minnesota by Barry Medor from Fire on the Bluff. Keep those questions coming. We're here with answers and what? Sports bras, Loner sports bras. (laughs) Loner sports bras. There you go. (laughs) And a few tears shed over them. (laughs) 